Are you enjoying this podcast? Consider supporting this show. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey y'all, it's T Biggs from Long Story Short. I want to talk to you about a new targeted knowledge base for independent entertainers, inspiring politician entrepreneurs in the GPE slash e-commerce space looking to sell products and services called the Indicate. You can't beat the wealth of knowledge with subscriptions ranging from one to five dollars. Head over to patreon.com slash the indie to get in on this now. That's indie I-N-D-E-C-A-V-E. And remember, listen to the Long Story Short and the Barbecue Podcast right here on the Joyful Warrior Podcast Network. Hello there. It's 30 Questions with... Right. Welcome uh, to another episode of 30 Questions With. Uh, this week I am uh, super excited. Uh, my guest is a return guest for me, a new guest for this show. Uh, way back when I was dabbling in the podcast game, uh, my guest this week was kind enough to come on to my very first podcast and almost a year later um i now have ninety-seven thousand of them and she's back so please uh friends all over the world please welcome steph to the show hi hi how is how is everyone even though they're not going to answer me how is everyone <laughs> Every, everyone on my side of the computer is fantastic. <laughs> okay, good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Which means you're good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Me and me, me and the dog. We're good. You and the dog. Well, the cat's not in the room with me, so you won't hear the incessant <laughs> crying, which is which is a, a bonus. Yeah, I had to um, throw the cat out of out of here earlier. Um, I was in a recording last night and she just hopped up on the desk and like knocked the mic over and walked across the screen and you know it's fine I'm not working it's yeah yeah I saw a tweet today about why like do cats have a homing device in them that they know that you're on a zoom because they want to be on the desk and somebody responded that they call their cat a, a butt salesman a butthole salesman (laughs) because that's and it's absolutely the truth they always want to face you and show their rear end to the world yes and so yeah and mine cries just screams incessantly so (laughs) yeah you got to kick them out of the room yes um so are you the the last time that I had you on a show um we we did a version of this um at, at the end so are you ready for the extended version 
I am ready for the extended version. All right, so here we go. Uh, question number one, uh, what's the most random thing on your bucket list? The most random thing on my bucket list. Um, it, so it used to be, I'm going to say what it used to be. It used to be to uh, climb up Mount Vesuvius. But I did that, which was, oh, nice. which was really, really cool. Um, and I'm terribly, terribly scared of heights, but um, I, I, I did it. Uh, you know, I, I don't have too many things on my, on my bucket list just because I, I find that I put things on my bucket list and then I'm terribly, terribly disappointed in them. <laughs> like, you know, seeing the Leaning Tower of Pisa was always on my bucket list and I went there and I was like, it's leaning, like, <laughs> it's just disappointing. And uh, going to the Grand Canyon was on my bucket list. And that is, um, was all, uh, everybody tells me that's disappointing. And if you're scared of heights, you shouldn't go. And that's, you know, something, something else. Um, but, you know, random thing on my bucket list, and it's never going to happen, is to have tea with the queen. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm a fan of her majesty. She's so little <laughs> and cute. She's like a little grandma. So yeah, that's I'm never gonna get invited to a garden party. Um, so but I would love to. So if it ever happened before she dies, yeah. You know, Liz, I'm out here if you're listening. I, there there are there are some people uh in England who faithfully <laughs> listen to this show. Um so friends in England. If, if you've got connections of some sort, um, you know, drop me an email and we'll, we'll hook stuff up. We'll make I'll even up. take like the, the Countess of Wessex. Like I'll take somebody adjacent just to. <laughs> See, that makes, it, that makes it easier. <laughs> this, this may be doable. Yeah. Uh, uh, Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex would be nice. I wouldn't even have to like leave the country. I could right? just. Fly to Cali, like that would be good. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Shoop. Yes. Shoop by some. <laughs> some <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Gen X. We know every single word to that song always. And I don't. I feel like I don't have the best singing voice, so that is a song that I can reliably get through without, without butchering. I love that. That is, that is a perfect karaoke song. Yeah, we, or alternately, if I'm with friends, especially my friends from high school, Blister in the Sun by the Violent Guts. Oh, nice. Love that song. Yeah, because then you can just go like nuts, a little nuts <laughs> while you're singing. Uh, who was your favorite member of the Spice Girls? Um, Ginger Spice. For sure, Ginger Spice. She always had like the confidence that I wanted to have. So the Spice Girls started becoming popular in what, like 97, 98. And that yeah. was just when I was graduating high school and, you know, going out on my own to college. And, you know, I wanted, I had an image in my head of like the person I like wanted to be like wish I had that confidence and it was it was ginger spice so it was always I've always wanted the big hair and 
short skirts, platform shoes. <laughs> she she did have the fun wardrobe. She did. She like, did. Yeah. Everybody else's was kind of like it was it was street clothes, and then like she was she was costume. Yes. Yes. I like scary spice. She was cool, but like I don't know. I I couldn't be her, obvious for obvious reasons because I'm see through. Um, Baby Spice, I just, I don't know. She was too sweet and innocent. Um, Sporty Spice, I wasn't terribly sporty. And then Posh Spice, like she never smiled. She always seemed miserable. Of course, she married like one of the most beautiful men in the world, but she always, she always seemed miserable. So, but their oldest kid got uh, married. Yeah, I saw that. Funny enough. Apparently, my husband is a doppelganger for Cruz Beckham. Really? Yeah, our, our friend sent me a picture and said, is this, is this Ben? <laughs> and it was <laughs> Cruz Beckham. But it does. Like, my husband is very, very tall and skinny and has kind of like a mustache, like a shadow mustache. And he <laughs> shaves his head. So, yeah, um, definitely hmm. looks like Cruz Beckham there's definitely a, a resemblance there so nice yeah what is the most terrible thing that you have watched all the way through on like television or streaming so there is this movie it's called Manos the Hands of Fate and it is one of the worst movies of all time. And you have to watch it because I I can't even, it's like supposed to be like a horror movie, but I can't even describe, I'm still not sure what happened during that movie, but my husband said, you have to watch this movie. We watched the whole thing the whole time. I was like, what the hell <laughs> is going on right now? And then one year we saw, you know how they have those live Mystery Science Theater 3000 showings in yeah. theaters? So they had that for Halloween. They had a live showing near us and we went to it and it just made it 10 times better. <laughs> Still not sure what happened during the movie, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like a train wreck. It's terrible and you, you hate it the entire time, but it's also extremely entertaining. So yeah. Yeah, Manos, the hands of fate. Hands, the hands. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, there was there was a horror film that came out, like within the last two years, I think. Um, it's called Malignant, and like it got like a wide release, mm-hmm. and it's probably the worst film that I've sat all the way through but I was about 10 minutes into it and I was like well I have to see how this ends I'm in this now yeah I just wrote it down so maybe I'll I'll watch (laughs) it I'm gonna have to look it up now um you you have your own late night talk show who's your first guest madam vice president Kamala Harris Madam Vice President Kamala Harris all day, all day. Like I would love to talk to her about anything. I don't care what my late night talk show is. If it was about (laughs) cooking, it would be good. If it, 
If it was about fashion, it would be good. Like anything. Uh, she just seems like such a joy. And I think she would be a great talk show guest to have. And it would bring a lot of people to watch it. Yes. Those people who hate her and love her. So exactly. good ratings for my, my debut. It's a win-win situation. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. Objectively, uh, what's the greatest Disney film of all time? Lion King. The Lion King. I've got like an emotional connection to The Lion King. It came out when I was in high school. And I think, I think it was, a, it was the summer after my freshman year or my sophomore year. I can't remember exactly. But my friends and I went and saw that movie easily five times uh, in the theater. Now, this is when movie tickets were rather cheap and you could go to a matinee with a $10 bill and get a ticket and popcorn and share a soda with your friends. Like it, it was it was cheap to go to the movies when I was in high school. Um, but I was perpetually grounded in high school <laughs> for no good reason. Like I had straight A's, I never did anything wrong, but like mom, for some reason, I would look at her wrong and she'd be like, you're grounded. So my, my birthday is in the summer. I was grounded on my birthday. I wasn't allowed to have a birthday party, but my best friends threw me a birthday party at their house and I was allowed to go because it was just my three girlfriends. And we, um, they baked me a cake and they gave me the Lion King soundtrack. for my birth they all chipped in and bought me the Lion King soundtrack so I have like emotional connections to that movie so I guess that's not objective but I do love it it's got great catchy music I mean the the Broadway show has for sure stood the test of time um so yeah yeah solid answer also the most popular answer to that question really yeah. I believe it's, I, I was talking at dinner um, with coworkers when I was away this weekend, I was asking them like these <laughs> questions and they, uh, one of them said something about the, can't remember because of the music. And I want to say it was Hercules. Okay. It wasn't Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt is not Disney. No, that's but, not Disney. That was DreamWorks. Yeah. But that, I mean, Objectively, that has the greatest that has the greatest music. Yes. In in any animated film, but I think it was Hercules. He said he had the best music, and I was like, I I would I would say Hercules only because of the muses. Mm, If if you mm -hmm. took the muses out of Hercules, that movie's terrible. (laughs) Fair, fair. Um. Do you have an unusual celebrity crush? Like somebody you bring it up and people are like, Steph, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, I, I wouldn't quite say he's a celebrity. Like maybe he's like an F-list celebrity, but there is this, <laughs> there's this um, musician and he was in The Street Dogs and he was in, he's in Dark Buster. Um, and he's in his own band and his name is Lenny Lashley. And he looks like anybody that would look at him would say he's a, he looks like a dirt ball. 
but I think I think he's so sexy for some reason. <laughs> My husband's like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Like he's he's got like a dad bod and long stringy hair. And are you looking him up right now? <laughs> I, I am. I am. <laughs> I am actually. I'm. I'm googling him like right now. Okay. I mean, he's not terrible looking. Like that's you know he. He looks like somebody, anybody you could, you would see on the street, but like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know that I'd say it's un, unusual, but you know what? I'll let you have it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Danny DeVito or, <laughs> or like, I don't know, Gilbert Gottfried made his soul rest in peace, but uh, yeah, that was sad. That was a surprise for sure. Yeah, it was. Um almost as surprising as like Bob Saget like that was yeah yeah that was that was that hit hard and I you know my when we found out about it we were like oh no because I had bought my husband a cameo of Gilbert Gottfried uh like a while back a couple years ago he bought me uh, a trip to Disney World like a stay at the Grand Floridian like did it all up for my 40th birthday and as a thank you I sent him a Gilbert Godfrey cameo and now I was like where is that did you save that on your computer because like he's yeah, not around right. anymore so it was a little sad right. uh we were we were kind of discussing this uh before we started recording um so <laughs> I know the answer but the listeners do not uh bra always on or only when you have to always on <laughs> always on so before before we started recording we were discussing my my recent work trip to San Diego and i we realized very quickly that apparently the style among the youths and not so youths um is to go without a brazier like in in public when you really should be wearing one with your outfit. And so I saw a lot of um, tatas flopping in the breeze that I didn't want to see. Um, and I was expressing that my nearly 43 year old boobies uh, will never and could never. So we're just not, we're just not doing it. It's always on, it's always on. They're always strapped in. <laughs> What's something that uh, you believe to be true, but almost nobody agrees with you about? That there's a positive side to everything. Like I am just, I'm kind of an eternal optimist. <laughs> like even when things are negative, I'm always the one saying, like things could turn out fine and let's not jump to conclusions. And yeah, maybe it's just because a lot of the people in my life have anxiety and they always uh. jump to the worst possible thing. But um, for my, I mean, for my own mental health, I always try to reframe things in a, in a positive light so that I, I don't get anxiety about, about it. So like in, in situations, I'm always the calm, rational one. Um, but then I freak out about weird things. Like when last year when I got my 
glasses prescription changed, my eyes had a hard time adjusting to it. And I was swore I was going blind. Like that, <laughs> that's where my mind went. Like I'm fine with, you know, oh, uh, a tornado ripped the roof of off of our house, for instance, um, or when we couldn't get the RV out of our backyard. And had a, I was just like, solves all the fence. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I get new contacts, I'm like, I have visual snow syndrome and I will never <laughs> see normally again. <laughs> okay. I, you know, normally like nine times out of 10, uh, the answer to this question, I'm like, all right, I can kind of, I could, I, I, I could back you on this. I can't back you on that. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, it, it can only get worse. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's the, the nature of, of my job. So I work for, uh, and a, a union that represents school employees and I do bargaining and I have to deal with a lot of crisis situations like privatization crises where people are about to lose their jobs and I have to like I have to be realistic with them like yes you could lose your job but at the same time I have to be a little bit of a cheerleader um, that you know there's there's a chance we could beat this there's a chance that we we could get a higher number than the county average and I mean, thankfully, every privatization fight I've, I've won. Uh, thank you, I'm gonna knock on wood there. Uh, and I've done a really good job with bargaining. So, you know, I, I try to, you know, keep hope alive a little bit, but I try to, if I always said, well, it could always be worse. Uh, <laughs> I would, people would not have trust in me. That's, <laughs> in that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. If you could have an entire theater to yourself and you could watch any film in the entire world, what would you pick? Uh, so I would either pick, I know I said a different, last time I was on the show, you asked me this question and I said, Wizard, I said, uh, Gone with the Wind. And I've changed my answer. Wizard of Oz, because nice. I would like to experience what that was like, like, you know, I always saw it every year as a kid on, on TV. So I would like to experience it on the big screen in, in Technicolor, um, <laughs> the same way that my grandparents experienced it when they were, uh, they were not kids, they were adults when it came out. <laughs> but but when it came out, cause it was pretty impressive. So yes, I would, I would like to see that. Um, one movie that I would never like to see again in the theater, they re-released it when I was in college, The Exorcist. I remember that. Uh, me, I, was a, I was a senior in high school when they did that. Um, and a bunch of us went and we got thrown out because we laughed through the whole thing. <laughs> no, I was like, I need to go to church now. I need to go to church immediately. Like I need to go to confession. I need to pray the rosary. I need to, <laughs> I was so scared. There was something about it being that big that it did, it did not lay well. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wash your legs in the shower? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why people don't wash their legs. I use soap. <laughs> I use a washcloth. I wash my legs and my feet and I use lotion every day. 
And I don't know why people, I, I, and I asked this and people were like, most of the people that I was dining with was like, were like, yeah, of course, of course. And then one, one of my coworkers was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) he was a man. And I was like, (laughs) it would be a man. Right. (laughs) Like, I didn't, I didn't get it. I, I, I didn't understand. And what I didn't understand is like, he's married to, to a black woman. And oh. that, surprised, that, that surprised me. Huh. Maybe she just doesn't know. It, that, yeah, that could be it. That has to be it. Yeah, it, it must be it. It must yeah. be. But he, he did say that he can't, like after he goes for a run, he can't like marinate in his own juices for any length of time. Like he'll have a glass of water and go right to the shower. And I can appreciate that. Right. So at least he doesn't, he, at least he doesn't just like cover up his stink with deodorant. At least he gets in the shower. But yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for, for those listeners who this may be uh, the, the first episode <laughs> of the show that you listen to, um every like four or five months uh there is an internet discourse about uh washing your legs and your feet in the shower uh so you know i made this a habit in uh this show and another to to ask that question to my guests in a, in a non-judgmental way um at, at least not while they're still on the zoom with me um so that is that is what that's about and we're 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 coming up on what what should be the the cycle for another discourse about this uh within the next few months with summer upon us um i already already saw a tiktok asking i know it's coming because i already saw a tiktok from um a black creator asking white people if they use lotion ah so that's usually a signal that it's coming yeah so i i know I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Yes. I always think to myself while I'm doing my ablutions for the morning that the people of Twitter would be very proud of me with <laughs> the amount of scrubbing and washing that I, that I do. That's that's kind of how like I've I've gotten to a point where I live my life in a would I get dragged for this? Yeah. And not just would I get dragged but would I get dragged on Black Twitter? Yes. For this, that's that's a good question to ask yourself when you do some stuff. Like, am I am I doing some white people stuff that would get me dragged on Black Twitter? Yes. Um, <laughs> and I try to do the opposite. <laughs> exactly. Um, if you could pick any sport, uh, you know, and just magically be good at it. Uh, what sport at the Olympics would you most want to compete in? So it would be, I had, it's a tie for two. The first one is snowboarding. Ooh, nice. Because I've always wanted to snowboard. I've tried snowboarding twice. I have the worst sense of balance known to man. 
I, I fell down like the entire boom, 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 the entire <laughs> way down the bunny slope and never again, like tried it once, never again. Um, so I'd like to magically have that ability to stay upright and do really cool tricks. Um, and I was watching the, the women's uh, snowboarding. That was like the only thing I watched at, on the Olympics was women's snowboarding. And I was amazed at those women. And so I want to be like that. Um, and the, it was tied with luge because I would love to have those abs. Yes. Because That's, I know those people have some serious abs. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm scared to go that fast in anything, yeah. but like abs, just abs. What is, what is that sport? It's like the luge, except for you're, you're on like a shoebox. And instead of like feet first, you go down head first. Oh, I don't know. That seems it, a little yeah. too dangerous. It's terrifying. That seems like a redneck sport. But it's in the Olympics. It is? Yeah. But now I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. It's like, it's it's something, it's like skeleton or like bones. It's Maybe it's, it's skeleton. Maybe yeah. it's like skeleton or something like that. Yeah. Because you're going to end up being a skeleton in the ground. Right. If like, you crash. <laughs> yeah, like no, not me. <laughs> that's not for me. No, not at all. If they were making a biopic of your life, who would play you? So I had to ask my friends about this one because I don't even know. And they unanimously, for some reason, said Gaga. I can they, see it. I can see that, yeah. They said that Gaga would be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. They're, because they said only... correct. Only Gaga would have the personality. <laughs> said okay, yes. okay. I'm I'm not mad at that. We have the same first name, so I'm not mad at it. She that. is she is a solid, solid human being. Um, she's so cute with Tony Bennett. Yeah. Like their relationship is so special, and her and. Um, Liza Minnelli at the Oscars. That was so sweet. That was so sweet. And Liza Minnelli, I didn't realize that Liza Minnelli like had declined that much. Yeah. That was surprising and but sad. She like she disappears for 10 years at a time and then then she shows up and you know you're you have that moment of oh shit she's still alive and then this <laughs> time it's like Oh, she's not doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. She's alive and really old. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. Oh. Um, Gaga was fucking fantastic in House of Gucci. If you haven't seen it yet, watch I it. I have not. I, I oh, it's, we were on the plane. My, my friend that was sitting next to me, she was watching it. And I was stupidly watching um, what I affectionately call Harry Potter and the Walk in the Woods. Harry Potter and the Alice <laughs> part one. <laughs> and so I should have watched House of Gucci, but like on planes, I have trouble for some reason watching something new. Like I can't, I can never choose a new thing. I always have to choose something I've already watched. So yeah, I, I, I feel that like on, 
if I'm going to watch something new, like I want to be at home and I want to be able to like pause it and go get my snacks and shit. And, you know, if it's something I've already seen, I can do like other things and still kind of have pay attention. to. Right. Right. I want to be comfortable. I'm never comfortable on a plane. I don't want to be interrupted by the person in the, you know, trying to get to the bathroom. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I was kind of on the flight to San Diego I was constantly interrupted because we were in an exit row and it was the exit row that's like right behind the bathroom where the jump seat for the flight attendant, there's like an, it's just two seats and then there's the empty space and the, the, yeah. the jump seat is right there. So I was sitting on the aisle and my friend was sitting next to me and we were cackling the entire time because every time somebody went into the bathroom, they would come out with either toilet paper or a paper towel stuck to their <laughs> shoe. And then there would be a line and they never would, like they would never face forward. So I had an inordinate amount of balls in gray sweatpants, oh, like shit. swinging at my face. <laughs> I, would just, oh my God. I would just like sit there like, okay. And Elizabeth would just be laughing and laughing and laughing. And it was never like, you know, you don't want to look up and, and, and see, you know, oh, are these, are these, are these yours or mine? <laughs> right. <laughs> Is this something I want to have in my face? <laughs> it didn't seem that way. I, but yeah, it was so, so yes, it that's another. That's another thing I was getting interrupted by. <laughs> and my husband, when I came home, I when I got there and I called him and I said, "Can you believe what happened to me on the flight?" He said, "That's why I never want to sit in that row because we always sit on the other side if we sit yeah. in that row, and he always sits on the outside. So he always has people's asses in his face." And. So, He's like, now you see why I never want to sit there. I was like, I get it. I will never sit there again. So people, if you're listening and you happen to be on a flight, you're waiting for the bathroom and the bathroom is mid airplane, just face forward while waiting. Please do not put your balls or your ass in anybody's face. That's my PSA. for me. <laughs> That's solid. Uh, nude beach or not a chance. I've been to a nude beach back in the early 2000s. I was on my honeymoon with my ex-husband in Jamaica. And it was one of those situations where there was like a regular section and then there was a clothing optional section. You know, we were in our early 20s and we were, let's go to the nude beach. <laughs> and um, it was odd. Uh, you know, it, you're laying there constantly worried about getting sunburn in places that it will be uncomfortable to have sunburn in places that have never seen the sun before. Um, and you are talking like people will come up and talk to you. And if you're not used to being on a new beach, you don't really know where to look. And I, like, I don't know, you know, guys, guys go into into bathrooms and they utilize the urinal and I don't know if there's ever the like do I peek or do I not peek because girls don't have that experience because we're all in stalls um you don't you don't you don't like stick your your head under the partition and just, hey, no. 
We'll talk to one another. <laughs> we'll talk to one. I really like your shoes or I really like your purse if it's on the floor. But we don't like try to see any of the good. So it's not really, it, we don't have that situation. So you're talking to people and you don't know where to look. And then you see those people at dinner, fully clothed. And they want to talk to you again because they recognize you. And all you can think about is the fact that you've seen that person's schlong, their, you know, their, their naked vulva. Like, <laughs> that's all you can think about. So I've done it. I don't think I would do it again just for that reason. I think I would absolutely go to a topless beach. Like, topless does not bother me. But nude beaches, and it's never the people that you want to see on a nude beach. Like it, it, it's always like pot-bellied sixty-five-year-old men and wrinkly old ladies. Like no, no ageism, but it's never like it's not it's like going to be sexy people. No, you it's think it's going like to be sexy people, and it is not. It's not sexy people. It's like boomer swingers. It's yeah. just not a good situation. Yeah, you know it's. It's like porn gave us all this, you know, incredibly wrong idea that any delivery person or like plumber electrician <laughs> would be on time. Um, so that's why I quit carrying cash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would be on time, let alone attractive. Right. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? What other people think of you is none of your business. That is excellent it, advice. Yeah, it, I, I wasted a lot of time in my life worrying about what other people think of me until a very close colleague when I was teaching told me what other people think of you is none of your business. And when I started putting that into practice, a lot of things clicked into place. And then I turned 40 and all my fucks went out the window as, <laughs> as they do. Um, and life became infinitely better. And so that's the piece of advice that I give to like all of my younger colleagues, my former students that have now entered their 20s and early 30s um, when they worry so much about others and other yeah. people's perceptions. It's really, it's not, that's a, that's a them problem. That's not a you problem. Exactly. exactly objectively what is the greatest television show of all time golden girls nice yeah golden girls it was funny um it showed that um older women could have a life like they they could have a sex life they could have a love life they could have a social life. Like they did not need to be in, uh, you know, a nursing home, just sitting there. And it also tackled a lot of topics that were really controversial for the late eighties, early nineties. The, the issue of LGBTQ rights. Like yeah. I forget who somebody's, brother or nephew or grandson was, yeah. was gay and and there was some struggle over it and then like he was he was getting married I think yes yes and 
people they were very supportive and the, the end of the show the message was they're just like anybody else Lo- love yeah. is love um they tackled the subject of aids when aids yeah. was a huge issue and not very well understood so i think it was just very important it was a very important show and it it flew under the like a lot of its activism flew under the radar but I think that Gen X remembers the Golden Girls and they learned a lot. We learned a lot of important lessons from the Golden Girls. A blessed my, memory because they're all dead <laughs> now. Yes. Exactly. Uh, my, my favorite Golden Girls story, um, there was a, um, they had asked, like just some random person in tv guide what they thought of the golden girl and this woman had said that she thought it was a terrible show and she would never watch it well you know at the time tv guide printed her first and last name and where she lived um so b arthur called 411 and called the woman and like wanted to know why she why she said that and why she thought that. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, there was I feel like there were so many shows, and this this came up in, in on Twitter recently too, when the whole issue of banning books came up. And yeah. what about how so many of us of, of a certain age, my age. <laughs> were forbidden from watching certain TV shows because of the subject. Like, our parents did not care what books we were reading. Like, I was, Flowers in the Attic, fine. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Fine. Like, fine, 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 fine. Harlequin romance novels, not a problem. Sure. Married with children, absolutely not. Madonna's Like a Prayer video, worst thing in the world. Banned from MTV in, in, in the Stevens household. Um, my husband was not permitted to watch Roseanne because his mother thought that Roseanne was quote trashy. So she wasn't wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. (laughs) She wasn't wrong, but he was, yeah, it was just totally bizarre. And I watched those, those shows now and they're really not, they're not terrible. Like there was nothing wrong with them, but maybe it's because, I see what's on now, like Euphoria. Yeah. The kids are watching Euphoria, and I can't even get through it because it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I love that show, though. <laughs> I love it, but it's like it's hard. Somebody somebody told me that they binge watched the entire season in like two days, and I oh, tried no, I to watch. Couldn't do that. I tried to watch three episodes in one day, and I said, "That's I can't. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. It's a lot. It's heavy." It um about not being able to going back to not being able to watch certain shows. It uh, it reminds me of there was in the the late eighties there was that quarrel between uh, Vice President Dan Quayle and uh, the show Murphy Brown. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Because Murphy Brown was an unwed mother. Yep. God forbid. 
God forbid. I, re- I remember that. I remember yeah. that whole thing. I remember Tipper Gore and her ridiculousness. Yes. <laughs> the yeah. fucking congressional hearings where D. Snyder of Twisted Sister shows up to testify in front of Congress with no makeup on. Yeah. Because Tipper Gore hates music. Or she hates bad about. words. Right. She, she hates, hates bad words. I wonder what Tipper Gore would think of WAP. <laughs> like, ma'am, your husband invented the internet. Right. He's the reason for the bad words. Right, right. He's the reason we have internet porn now. Yes. <laughs> it's Al Gore's fault. <laughs> uh, what's your guilty pleasure? Uh, expensive IPAs. Nice, I will- nice. I will go to the liquor store because in New Jersey, we cannot buy beer at the grocery store. We go to the liquor store um, and they sell everything at the liquor store. That's the only place you can buy any alcoholic beverage whatsoever. Um, And my my local liquor store has a good selection of craft beers. And so I will go on Untapped, which is like social media for beer drinkers, and we'll look through their menu and I will find the one that I want. And in like, without a doubt, I'll buy like two, four packs of 16 ounce cans and it'll be like $54. Holy shit. So, yeah. But I mean, these are IPAs. They're like double and triple IPAs. So they're 8%, 10%. So I can only have one, maybe two. So a four pack will last me like an entire weekend. It's just, it's a sip and drink. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. a, so that I, I enjoy, it's gotten to the point where I can't drink a regular beer. I cannot just order a Coors Light. I can't order a Miller Light because it will taste like piss to me. <laughs> um, I have to order an IPA. I will drink. If I am at a show, like a punk show, I will drink PBR because that obviously. is the beverage of champions, I mean. like obvious. Um, it is pretty much the only regu- regular beer that I can stomach. But you got to drink it quick. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. let it get warm. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. And they're good for citywides. Do you know where citywide is? Yeah. Okay. For those of you who are not in the United States, a citywide is a shot and a beer. Usually like a PBR and Jameson or PBR and Fireball or some yeah. sort of combination. And it's very cheap. It's like $5. So you can get drunk very quickly for a very cheap amount of cash. PBR is definitely like a situational beer. Yeah. Because like, it, you know, you, like if you were, even if you went to like, Applebee's or some shit and you were going to have a beer with dinner you wouldn't say let me get a PBR like you you have to be in certain like you know concerts sporting events the beach know, the beach good PB, PBR tall boys good for a shotgun on the beach yes um, yes on a boat it's good on yeah. a boat like you can't it, it's a beer where you know you're going to be drinking all day yes festivals Yes, yes, but you're not. Maybe a barbecue. Yeah, 
where you're going to be at for an extended period of time. You can, but you can't just go out to dinner and be like, I want to, I, I want a PBR. I want a PBR. <laughs> Although right. I have ordered a PBR at a, at a pizza place before in DC and everybody laughed at me. I mean, that's, that's fair though. Um, I worked at a pizza place in Atlanta and, you know, we used to get shift beers and we would always get PBR. And if that just became the beer that I drank, you know, even after I quit working there, anytime I went to visit, that was, you know. Yeah. PBR and pizza is great. Great. Uh, So gentlemen, if you're a PBR fan and you're out on a first date, uh, don't don't order don't order a PBR with with your meal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless you know, you're getting pizza. Yeah, unless it's pizza, <laughs> you know, then by all means. If aliens landed on Earth tomorrow and offered to take you with them, would you go? No. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd be too scared. Like I, I'd have anxiety over the over the unknown. I don't think I'd go. Like the grass is not always greener on the other side so you know i don't know what the situation is up there like will i be enslaved will i be (laughs) put in prison will i be experimented on i don't know so they could talk a good game down here but i ain't going with them i'll stay where i am thanks If you could commit any crime and get away with it, what crime would you pick? Um, I, I see, I would like to say murder because there are certain people I would like to murder, but at the same time, I don't think I would be able to, to go through with it because I am like, I'm very anti, I'm, I'm very anti-death penalty. <laughs> so like I don't think that my brain would would allow me um to do it so I think it would it, you know it, it would probably be realistically I would probably do something like feeding the homeless in a city where you're not allowed to feed the homeless like where you uh go and bring a catered meal to like a homeless encampment. I know in certain cities like in LA and in, I think in Venice, it's illegal too. Yeah. But um, th- realistically, that's probably what I do, what I would do. But murder, like there's a list. There's a list of people that if I could, I would. I don't know any of them. Like these are people <laughs> that I actually know. We, we, for legal reasons, this is yes. all a joke. All right, of this is right. jokes. <laughs> right. Right. And that's why I'm not naming names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, objectively, what is Whitney Houston's greatest song? So a song that she did not write, her best performance was the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl in 1990. What was that? 1991 during the golf war. Yeah. So objectively, that was her best performance ever. And I remember watching that on live TV. I was in sixth grade. Um, Not where best, I thought you were going with that. Yeah, but her best song, um, I Want to Dance with Somebody. I love that song. It's so, it's so good. It's just so upbeat. Like, you can't help but 
I mean, it has nothing to do with her vocal ability. It's just a, it's just a solid song, and you always want to get up and dance when you hear that song. Where'd you think I was going with? Um, well, because you said not her song, so immediately my mind went to "I Will Always Love You." Yeah, because of Dolly. Yeah, uh, because of Dolly. But usually, like that, that question, it's it's either "I Will Always Love You." Or I want to dance with somebody. Those are those are the two answers. It's Another very good rare one. That there's anything else? Is I have I have nothing. Yes. That's another good one. Um, I used to. My mom used to listen to Whitney Houston a lot when I was little, and I know that there's probably a lot of deep track songs that are not <laughs> that are better that are, that I would probably remember that I'm not thinking of. But in terms of the ones that I hear all the time, it's I want to dance with somebody. Like it. I'll allow it. If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Oh, Lord. Um, just the whole, I mean, I feel like this is back anyway, but I feel like the 90s grunge era was the most comfortable style of clothing. Like the clothes I wore in high school were just comfortable. Jeans that were not tight that had a natural waist, <laughs> oversized t-shirts, my dad's flannel shirt. In my dad Even was, when it was too. 900 degrees outside. Yes. And then I would just tie it around my waist. Yep. Um, Birkenstocks, like just comfort. We were just all, we did not care what we looked like. It was just all about comfort. And then I feel like right around 1998, everything just went downhill. And some of the fashion trends that are coming back, I want to cry. Like low-rise jeans. Who decided low-rise jeans needed to come, <laughs> come back? I, it just, and so low. I, I, I've always been a very curvy person. You know, I have very wide hips, a very large rear end, and a very small waist. And so low-rise jeans never worked for me because my butt crack was forever hanging out. And I could never find a pair that fit me. So I don't want low rise jeans to come back at all. Also the headband with the teeth. Oh yeah. That gave you a, a migraine and would boing off your head at some point <laughs> during the day. Butterfly clips. I saw butterfly. Yeah. Those butterfly clips are, yeah. Mm -mm, mm -mm. They're bringing back all the ugly, ugly trends. They, I saw Z Cavaricis. Shut up, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I where did I see them? I was looking. Where was I? TJ Maxx. I was in TJ Maxx and I was flipping through the pants section and I saw like they weren't Z Cavaricis, but they were Z, but they were the same style with the yeah. high waist and the pleats. No, no. <laughs> Doesn't certain things need to stay away? What is, and you cannot say fuck, your answer to this question oh, cannot be fuck. Uh, what is your favorite cuss word? People are gonna hate me for this. People are gonna hate me for this. Cunt. Excellent answer, excellent <laughs> answer. I feel I, like somebody I, recently um, said that too. 
it's seen as such a like terrible word in the United States, but I'm learning from all of, especially Aussies. If you talk to Aussies, like that's just a word that's in their lexicon. Like it does yeah. not, it doesn't hold the same weight that it does here. Um, but yeah, like I feel like that word holds a lot of power. Like it's a good strong that, word. Like, if I say that somebody's a cunt, I've got real feelings yeah. about something. <laughs> real feel, and I don't use it. A, I don't use it a lot. Like you really have to piss me off. Like there's, I can count on one hand the number of times I've used that word to describe another person, male or female. <laughs> not many. Not many. Not many people piss me off that bad. I got a 24-hour um, timeout on Twitter. Oh, no. In uh, 2020 because I called Ivanka Trump a cunt. Mm. In her mentions. Mm. Mm. Now Twitter does that. Are you sure you want to say that? That could yeah. be. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like yes, yes, I do. I said what I said. Right. What is a film that most people hated, but that you just absolutely love? Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) I have a yearly watching of all the Twilight films. Most people, and they're so bad, they're good. Like, I recognize that they are poorly acted, that they're stupid that there are all sorts of, of issues with the the uni- the Twilight universe and Stephanie Meyer and you know how she wrote those books and what you know with the symbolism in the in them but I don't know. I love me some Twilight. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know why. I don't know why. And then that got me into like that started me down a whole rabbit hole because then came Fifty Shades of Grey, which started out as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. And now I watch the Fifty Shades of Grey movies and have read all the books, including the books from Kristen Grey's perspective. And then that got me into romance novels. So now that's like the only type of book I read now because I, it's the way I shut my brain off at night. I can't read. I tried to read like, you know, very, it's like self-help help books, literature. I can't do it. I just want to read something mindless. And there's yeah. nothing more mindless than a smutty, dark romance novel. I like that. I, um, I tried to read a self-help book once and got like about halfway through it and just went, you know what, fuck you, and threw the whole thing in the trash. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> they made me feel bad about my, they, like they yeah. make you feel bad about yourself. Like you don't know they my life. You feel better. Right. Right. I will read some things that like a lot of people. So I read uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Yeah, um, I read uh, uh, what, it's over there. What is it? Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, so I'll read some of like that stuff, but you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be interesting. Yeah. 
it's got to keep my attention. And sometimes it, and most of that stuff just, just doesn't. And romance does. So yeah. Yeah. People, when I tell them about my romance novel, they're like, oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> But it's not like people think of romance novels like Fabio on the cover yeah. and you know they're talking about you know pirates and cowboy I do not read those. I read they're killing people like mafia dark romance where they're you know people would would pale at some of the stuff that <laughs> I read. Sometimes I read it and I'm like oh oh this is this is interesting. Like my friend said, Oh, what are you reading right now? And I told her and she's like, what's that? And I told her and she's like, Oh, I'll read it. I'm like, do not start there. <laughs> do not start there. You will think terrible things about me. And I do not want you to start there. Here's a recommendation <laughs> that you should start at and go from there. And then maybe like four books later, I will recommend that book to you again, but do not start there. Because you're going to think, oh boy, something wrong with her. So what is the film that you could or have uh, watched over and over again and never get sick of? Pride and Prejudice. The Keira Knightley version. What was that, 2005? Yes. Yeah, I've, I love that that movie. I don't, I, I don't, I can't even put my finger on it. It's just something I can watch over and over and over again. And when I don't know what to watch and I'm just endlessly flipping through Netflix or Amazon and I want to watch a movie and that's when I'm like, oh, I think I'll watch Pride and Prejudice <laughs> for the 500th time. And then, you know, Ben will walk in and say, you're watching this again? Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. If you were writing your autobiography right this very minute, what would the title be? Lord, grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man. I love that. Uh, because I feel like that's something I deal with on a near daily basis from all sides not so much from my colleagues like I have I work in a very male like at least uh, the the affiliate that I work with it's it's very the job I do is very male dominated because you know negotiations and grievances and fighting they think it's men but all of my colleagues are wonderful and they respect me and they all treat me like an equal and I'm not a, a female field rep. I'm just Stephanie. Like I'm, I, I am who I am. Um, but a lot of times I get pushback from a lot of the, the, the management attorneys that I deal with are white and male and they think I don't know anything <laughs> and they say things. And I just look at them like, this is what it takes to become a lawyer and pass the bar exam. <laughs> I'm clearly in the wrong profession and I should bill my time in, in you know, tenths of an hour because I'd make a ton of a lot more money. Um, but sometimes also the, the people that a lot of times I deal with our own, 
are members um, that don't always think that a female, that a woman field rep can get the job done for them. That somehow inherently, like just because I'm a woman, I can't do it. And they like to fight me on issues that they know nothing about. And it gets, it gets real annoying sometimes because I don't walk into their job site and tell them how to do their job. Why are they telling me how to do mine? Why are you citing labor law to me when you're wrong? Like so loud and so wrong. <laughs> um, and it's just, it gets frustrating. It gets tiresome. And that's, that's a bad part. <laughs> and, and, you know, you fight a lot of stupid on the internet, a lot of Twitter, a lot of TikTok, stupid. Where men have a lot. If men have nothing, they certainly have the audacity, Absolutely. for sure. That is that is very very true. Right, and not and this is no like shade to you because you are not one of them. But there seems to be an inordinate number of uh, men who have podcasts. Oh yeah, that yeah, like, yeah. That like to talk about women. And then there's this TikTok creator that sings, stop giving men microphones. Yeah. Because they like to say a lot of things <laughs> that are never correct. There's also, um, there, there's a TikTok creator who uh, duets white male TikTok creators who just do the absolute least. Yes. Yes, I follow her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's where it's she, my favorite fucking account. <laughs> yeah, where she'll just you know if they're just looking at the camera, just posing, and she'll do the same thing in the same outfit. It's the best. It's the best. And her her duets always have like I don't know five hundred likes, but their yeah. but their original TikTok has thirty two thousand likes just because they're an attractive man. Yep. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I'll I'll cut that, okay. and we'll just we'll we'll start over. Uh, okay. What is your favorite Christmas song? So my favorite Christmas song is whatever my husband is singing, because uh, my husband grew up Jewish, and although he had Christian friends, he was never like part of. Uh, like he never celebrated Christmas with them and his his family didn't celebrate secular Christmas or anything like that so he heard Christmas songs but he didn't grow up singing Christmas carols so he often sings them and they're never the right words (laughs) and sometimes he changes the words to sing about our cats so it's just whatever he's singing and whatever crazy lyrics he is singing, that's my favorite Christmas song. And it's usually Silver Bells. For some reason, I think that's his favorite Christmas song. He's usually singing Silver Bells. I can tell you my least favorite Christmas song and it's Baby It's Cold Outside. And that song should be banished from the face of the planet. And I get in so many fights with people every Christmas about how that is a rapey song and they want to argue with me. It is awful. Yeah, usually it's it's another one of those things that like, you know, 
right around Thanksgiving, you can almost always guarantee the baby it's cold outside discourse is going to start. But like this Christmas, it wasn't as severe as it has been in past years because I think everybody's kind of gotten onto the, okay, yes, that song's a little quite rapey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Another Christmas song that is catchy but problematic that heal the world do they know it's Christmas right right yeah yeah and there and there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time well and no there, there won't because in most there, of Africa there hasn't been summer it's, <laughs> and it's summer in most of Africa and in northern Africa it's quite hot so there has not been snow for some time on Christmas um, and do they even know it's Christmas? Yeah, yeah, they do because there is a large Christian population in Africa. Right. They are not, you know, wearing loincloths and throwing spears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the eighties. <80s. laughs> <laughs> right. Where the only the only uh, experience we had with Africa was famished Ethiopian children. Yep. <laughs> Thank God for Live Aid. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, David Galdoff. Thank you. If you had an extra $20 to spend on yourself and you had to spend it on yourself, but you could not buy food, mm. what would you buy? Um, probably makeup, like a, a lipstick or an eyeshadow palette or something like that because it's just that's always something that brings that always brings me a little bit of joy makes me feel good about myself so um you know if somebody gives me a twenty dollars and says buy yourself something nice that's that's usually what I spend it on and then instantly forget that I have it (laughs) and then discover it suddenly one day where I'm like oh I I didn't realize I, I had this. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I do that. I do that with t-shirts. I like, I'll, I'll buy a t-shirt and wash it, hang it up, and then, put, like, I'll put other stuff in the closet in front of it, and then in six months I'll go, the fuck did this come from? Yeah. 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 Do you believe in the afterlife? So not in the sense that most, well, most people believe in the afterlife. They believe in like heaven or hell. And being Jewish, like that's not our focus. (laughs) We don't, like there's no, you're not living to go to heaven. You don't live in the hopes not to go to hell. So not in that sense, but in an afterlife in the sense of ghosts, absolutely. So in the early 2000s, right when Ghost Hunters was a super popular and brand new TV show, I became a paranormal investigator. I joined joined the club and I did paranormal investigation. And I absolutely believe that your spirit lives on in some form on this earth. Like just things that have have happened in my investigations, weird things that have happened 
in my life, weird things that have happened. Like I've gone to a medium that they've talked about things that they couldn't have known about. And I know some people think it's all like woo and ridiculous, but you know, I believe and it made me feel a little better. So whatever. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I was telling my my colleagues this this story and one of the guys was absolutely thought this was the most hilarious story and he thought I was out of my mind but when I was doing paranormal investigation often they don't tell you they tell you where you're going but they they give you the no information right like they don't tell you they don't want to uh give you any hints because they don't want your brain to think certain things so they just said They just said, oh, we're going to go investigate this high school in Philadelphia. And I said, oh, okay. Like, I thought it was just, I was still in training. So I thought it was just like a training run. And sometimes they, during training, they would bring us to houses that were not, that had no proven hauntings just to like give us a control. So we went to this high school in Philadelphia and I'm sitting in the gym with another person and a lot of paranormal investigation is just sitting there being bored out of your mind just listening just looking at readings and all of a sudden both of us start hearing music like very faint music coming from this balcony area in the gym and so we got on the walkie talkie and we said hey is there somebody in the parking lot that's playing music in their cars or somebody driving by because you try to debunk things and make sure that it's not coming from somewhere else. And they're like, no, nobody's in your area. There's no cars in your area. Um, And we caught it on tape, this music. And it turns out, we find out later that that high school was where we were, was a former church. and specifically the gym and the balcony where the music seemed to be coming from was the choir loft. Holy shit. So yeah. Yeah. It was, it was something else. And then like after, right after my dad died, my mom would often wake up and and it was just me and my mom in the house, like two women I was on the complete other side of the house and often my mom would wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and would like fall in the toilet because the toilet seat was up. Damn. So yeah, like I absolutely believe that weird, that weird shit, that there's things that we don't know about. Um, I think sometimes it's overhyped like Zach Bagans. He's ridiculous. I think. (laughs) But I, I think that that there are people there that there's at least residual energy that is still on this earth from other people. I like that. If you had to delete all but three apps mm-hmm. from your phone, and this is this is only the ones that you have downloaded, the ones that like came with the phone can stay. Okay. Uh, which three do you keep? Um, okay. So I would keep, let's see. I would keep some sort of fitness app. Right now I use Apple Fitness. 
Um, but I just joined the cult of Peloton this evening and purchased a Peloton bike because my elliptical shit to bed this morning one <laughs> one one literally one minute into the into the workout, okay. and uh, yeah, I was very unhappy because that elliptical was quite expensive and it was only it's only about six years old not very old yeah it it it's rusted it's just I don't want to say the brand because I don't want to get you in any trouble but if you need to know you can always dm me I would not recommend that particular brand again so um, name names nordic track it was a nordic track elliptical and I read like it even though I wiped it down, it's still rusted on the handles. Like it was a great elliptical, but we've had to like replace the motor. And finally my, it broke. And my husband said, I'm not fixing it again. If you want to buy a Peloton, go ahead and buy a Peloton. And I was like, all right, I'm buying a Peloton. So <laughs> um, t- tonight I bought a Peloton and I was surprised because I thought I was going to have to wait like two months to get it. And they were able to deliver it. They were actually able to deliver it on Friday. The earliest was Friday, but we have to get the elliptical, which is extremely heavy and we have to take it apart. We have to get it downstairs and out of the room. So we're, I'm getting it on Tuesday, but yeah. So some sort of fitness app. Um, uh, One social media app. And I would really like have to, it would be a tie between Twitter and Instagram because I, I like Instagram. I like looking at pictures. I like posting stories, but Twitter is, you know, I've, there's a lot of people I really like on Twitter. So I, it would be hard to choose between those two. Um, and probably some sort of weather app because I really, for some bizarre reason, enjoy looking at what the weather's going to be every day. I just like knowing, like, is it going to rain? Am I going to have a bad day tomorrow? Or is it going to be sunny? It's just like, because, and I guess I could really look at that, like, on whatever web browser app is, that's a good workaround. You can look at everything (laughs) on the web browser. Right. Um, But yeah. So it's not really categories. It would be like one, one fitness, one social media, maybe one news. And that would be. And that would be fine. If I could delete all of the work apps off my phone and still be able to survive, that would be, that would be key. But I don't think that that's, I don't think that's happening. Yeah. So final question. What is one question you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered it? So what is the best vacation you've ever been on? And I would have to answer, it actually was not a vacation because I was chaperoning a field trip. But when I was teaching, I chaperoned the trip to Italy. So I had, there were 35 teenagers on a trip to Italy and a lot of them had barely left the state of New Jersey and to see their faces seeing things that they had only seen like in a history book 
was amazing, but the trip, the tour that we took really allowed them to do a lot of cool things. And I don't think they realized just how cool it was. Like I travel a lot and these were things that I had never done. Like climbing Mount Vesuvius, for instance, that was on that trip. Uh, so I like I kept telling them like I don't think you everybody goes to Pompeii right not many people climb to the top of the volcano that destroyed it like yeah. you you're not realizing how awesome this is when we were in Florence we took cooking lessons oh wow and we learned how to make pasta um when we the day that we went to Cinque Terre we stayed at this resort, like up in the mountains of Italy. It was like the middle of nowhere. It's where Italians go to escape the heat. Um, it just, it, they, we stayed in European hotels. We didn't stay in a Marriott, in a Sheraton, yeah. which was good because it gave them a sense of re like really what it's like to travel overseas. Uh, but at the same time, it, uh, it was awful because it was 95 degrees the entire time we were there and there is not reliable air conditioning anywhere. So the, the chaperones were not happy, but um, yeah, it just, it, I, I don't think they realized just how cool it was. You know, these are things that everybody gets to do. Um, yeah. So that was probably one of the, the best vacations that, that I've ever taken, even though it wasn't a vacation, but there's a funny story that came out of that. So speaking of kids that have never left the state of New Jersey. So we're leaving Italy. And for some reason, a lot of the kids decided that their that appropriate souvenir for them would be to take a paver from Rome with them home. Like just pull a paver out of the ancient cobblestone streets of Rome and put it in their suitcase and take it home. So a lot of them did Sorry, indeed. Could you say no, Siri? I can't say that again. Um, a lot <laughs> of them did indeed put it in their in their checked luggage, which is not a problem. You can put a large ten pound paper yeah. in your checked luggage, but of course, one of the young ladies that was in my group that I was responsible for decided to put it in her carry on luggage. Oh no, baby, no. <laughs> So we're going through security at the airport in Milan and they stop this, this young lady um, and she doesn't understand. Like, and, the, and these security guards don't really speak English and she doesn't speak any Italian. And they, they, she puts it through the x-ray machine, they stop it, they pull out this rock. And she's like, Mrs. Char, won't, why won't they let me take it? And I was like, baby, it's a 10-pound paving stone. And she's like, yeah, but it's just a souvenir. I said, why don't you put that in your, in, your, in your check luggage? I was worried that my luggage would be too heavy. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh and my I God. didn't want to tell, I didn't want to explain to her right then and there why it could be bad because I didn't know if they did in fact understand English yeah. enough where I said you could use it to like bash in the head of the flight attendants and the pilots. <laughs> and I was like, throw it out. And she's like, what? Throw it out. I was like yelling at her. Just, I said, just put it in the trash can and they'll let you go. Like I, we cannot have an international incident. 
with me in charge. This cannot happen. And she threw it out and they let her go. But it was, yeah. She just didn't think. But that's what it's like traveling with, with teenagers. They just, they just don't think. Bless. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have come to the end of the show. Um, if if there's anything that you have to plug or you want to drop your social media handles or if you just want to give the the listeners at home a piece of advice, you're, you're welcome to do any and all of that right now. So my, uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Mrs. Ben Tar, M-R-S-D-N-T-A-R-R. Um, my Instagram is Steph underscore Tar, S-C-E-P-H underscore T-A-R-R. And my TikTok um, username is at Steph Tar 609. So if you want to follow me on any of those, you're more than welcome. I'm not terribly exciting, but I like to think I'm fun. So... <laughs> She is terribly fun. <laughs> I have I have pink hair. So I like to think because I have pink hair, I'm terribly fun. Um I will uh leave those in the uh the show notes. Uh for Thank anybody you. that missed them, uh I would highly recommend uh following Steph. Um thank you. It was, Thank you. it was a pleasure to have you back on one of the shows. This is, this has been as much fun, if not more, than the last time we did this on the other show. Yeah, I will come on any podcast you have. I promise. So next time you want me on, I'll, I'll come on any of them. Awesome. I will um, actually, I will probably be in touch about that. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Questions with is a dollop of trollop production in association with Spring Break 83 Productions and the Joyful Warrior Podcast Network.